Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to the Uncharted Life podcast. I am your host, Jacob Lyles. Um, I made this podcast to explore different philosophies and perspectives on life. Um, it's actually like a really good tool for me to have a good time. Like I'll find someone who thinks in a way that's interesting to me, and I can shoot them an email and say like, hey, um, let's do a podcast together. And then I get to sit down with them and just kind of ask them, whatever I want. Uh, Some people that are interesting to me are interesting to me because they choose a life path uh, that's quite different from mine. And today I get to bring you one of those. Uh, Barry was a friend of mine from Silicon Valley. I met him in Mountain View probably about five years ago now. And the thing that was interesting about him, well, one of the many things that were interesting about him was after a few years, I started seeing him uh, post the very occasional Facebook update uh, in a military uniform, hauling around machine guns and posing on top of armored vehicles. And yeah, so my friend from Silicon Valley, who was a keyboard warrior, uh, left to join the army and become one of those more traditional kinds of warriors, I suppose. And I found this to be pretty fascinating. I wondered about his choice to do that for a long time. You know, this person was a programmer like me, so I felt like we shared a lot of things in common. Um, but he then he departed and went on this radically different path. So there was this like tantalizing amount of like familiarity and difference that I was really curious about. So when he came by San Francisco on leave, I made sure that we found some time to sit down and record a podcast. So we recorded this podcast uh, right before we were meeting up with some other friends of his to go out for drinks. Uh, So we didn't get that long to sit down. I think I have about half an hour of audio here. So I apologize uh, for two reasons. One, we were very jovial, so we have a little bit more foul language on this. So if you have sensitive ears, watch out. and then secondly, uh, the, the sort of compressed time period doesn't give me as much time to dig in as I would like. There's a lot of questions I still would like to ask him that I didn't get a chance to. Uh, however, we did get a chance to cover a lot of interesting ground, and I do like this conversation quite a bit. So the stuff we talk about today includes uh, his decision to go and become an army sniper, Um, we talk quite a bit about the dominance hierarchy and how that's instantiated in the formally in the military. Um, we talk about self-discipline and we also talk about lots and lots of anecdotes about, uh, about his time in the service. Um, so without any further ado, I bring you my conversation with Barry. Barry, welcome. Um, all right. So we're talking today with my friend, Barry who has the distinction of being uh, a former tech guy to go and leave, leave tech and, and go and join the, the United States military, which makes him somewhat exceptional. Ooh. And I, I view you as kind of a contrarian. Certainly you're leading, leading a contrarian life path uh, among what I would say our, our social group is doing. So I have to ask you, why did you do it? Um, can you tell us a story? Like what was your thinking? And uh, what were you hoping to get out of this this kind of move where um, I actually feel like the military has a bad reputation? And Oh, yeah, uh, for sure. Up in the Bay. Yeah. It's weird because you go to uh, 
any other part of the they're not any other part of the country but you go to the south or whatever and they hold you like in you know distinction and like the people buy you beers and like oh my god he's like he's a it doesn't matter it's funny because 90 percent of the military is non-combat related Mm -hmm. so like in uh, the infantry so i'm an army sniper now but um when i first started i was just a basic infantryman and so like uh you call everyone who's not infantry a pope personnel other than grunt so like you go to like 90 percent of the country people are like really happy and excited and like oh my god you he's he's a hero suck his dick girls fucking go oh my god get that hero dick like and it's crazy because no it's like 90 percent of people do nothing military like actual military related there are people like who wear the uniform that you know work in finance or you know whatever like programmers um yeah logistical people but but this was your world right san francisco bay area kind of kind of um kind of intellectual sphere kind of culture before you you left to go uh over there so what was your like what what was in you that made you decide on, on this particular path um i don't know it's just something i always wanted to do was be in the military i wanted to be a marine when i was in high school and then uh I being contrarian, I kind of fell into like a little bit of libertarian like philosophy. And I was like, oh well, I don't want to like you know all these different things and um, like reading about like the non-aggression, blah blah blah. Even though internally that's something I always wanted to do, I was like, well, I guess I'm just going to be militantly you know contrarian, I guess. And like you know, even though like I had the the desire, like, ooh, this is something I'd really be interested in, and um, yeah, and then. Got into tech. Uh, What's interesting about becoming a Marine to you? Like, what what was exciting to you about it? Well, I'm I'm not a Marine. I'm in the Army. But yeah. uh, at the time, I don't know. I just I saw the uh, the movie uh, Full Metal Jacket, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, I want to do that. Uh, I don't know why. It's like a I don't know. You 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 just see them and like they're I. I, why, why do we do it? Why did you want to be like a programmer? Like, I, I, wanted, something you wanted? I wanted to be a programmer because it sounded like a good way to like put my brain to to use to um, create value. Like I, I wanted to feel, um, I wanted to feel like my talents were being used in the world, and so and I felt like being a, a programmer was a way to do that, especially in startups where you can create a lot of new things. Like you sort of have a greenfield kind of. Mm-hmm. kind of feel to it um but i i do feel a little bit of kinship with you in that like i feel uh as, as someone that studies jujitsu and has an aggressive side and, and I, I just learned how to shoot guns last weekend and i did oh, yeah? did pretty well i hit oh, what kind of guns I, I was shooting a six sour nine millimeter pistol and uh it was a smith and wesson uh revolver um with 38 special rounds in an optical sight and did you do that in san francisco uh, Oakland, oh, okay. San Leandro, San Leandro. Yeah, I was. I, I'm surprised when you said you got to shoot. I'm like, well, you, you can actually own guns here in the Bay. That's crazy. <laughs> I was yeah. using my friend's guns, but yeah, you can own them. Uh, they just made it harder to get ammo. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think Dave Chappelle had a bit about that where he was like, "Oh, don't make the guns illegal. Just you know, mm-hmm. make the the bullets expensive." <laughs> That's exactly, that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah, which is he's like exactly oh, what they're doing. You know, people would if you it cost ten thousand dollars a bullet, you'd think before you shot somebody, you know. Yeah. You'd only shoot the people that really deserved it. Mm-hmm. When it was worth ten thousand dollars to you to, yeah. to shoot at them. 
What's funny is so my first week uh, I got in my unit in, in Texas, we uh, shot so there's there's gonna be waste in any government enterprise, you know. So like there was because uh, the like lieutenant, the fuck you know, the platoon leader, whoever who is in charge, orders a certain amount of rounds, and uh, you know if they order a small amount, then their command's gonna say, oh well, you know they uh, this is how much they got. So everything is bigger. Get as many rounds as you can. So we had uh, seven people going to this machine gun range, and they ordered about forty thousand rounds. And yeah, so we had we literally had to sleep at the range, and we shot for three days. It was great. It was like uh, we had two barrels melt. My buddy, uh, like he was doing barrel changes, and his hand got like melted to the uh, the thing. He had to cut it loose to the barrel. It was like red hot. Um, but yeah, so we we stayed up for three days from you know morning to to night, just shooting all day. And your body just hurts after that because you have the. Uh, machine gun you know in the pocket of your shoulder and you're just you know shooting and shooting and shooting but it's funny because they were like and so they didn't want to hand the ammo back because then you're saying like oh i'm not going to get any more in the future they're going to be like well we gave you too much last time Mm -hmm. so we had to shoot all of it and you know the logical thing to do would be just giving it back but they're like you know yeah let's see the range i went to it was like 50 cents a round uh, when I was buying retail, I don't know how much it costs the military, but oh no, it's same same price. Uh, you guys probably shot like a couple thousand dollars worth. No, of we shot a. Um, well, these are seven six two rounds, so I think we actually shot about eighty thousand dollars worth of rounds in three days. All and so people wonder why the military is so expensive. <laughs> like we waste so it's I've seen ridiculous things. Like, well, is it a waste if like you're? I'm assuming your aim got better. Yeah. Oh yeah, I became a. a I was a gangster with that that gun. So after that, you know, I came in as like a private. So, you know, like it, it's weird. Like, cause I came in just like as a regular infantryman, and I guess like kind of goes into like I was I was so burnt out on like what I was doing. I was taking Adderall just to do work, and I was like, why am I like? And that was you were doing like what web design? Uh, and yeah, stuff? I was doing uh, web design development down in uh, uh, Southern California, and I was just really tired of it. Like I was like I had like nine to twelve clients at any time. And I was making like pretty good money, and I was just tired. I was taking Adderall just to do work, smoking all the time, um, cigarettes. I mean, do you do you miss the the easy life though, like sitting at a desk and? No, fuck no. Because um, I think I always liked like physical things, like playing sports, and you know, if you say, oh, why do you like, uh, why do you did you want to join the military? I don't know. It's kind of like it's kind of like a big team sport. Like, even breaks down to, you know, you got your squad, team, buddy team. So you're always working with other people. There's a lot of coordination. Um, there's skills that you develop. Seems almost, uh, like, antithetical to uh, Bay Area sort of culture a little it bit. It is. It's diametrically opposed. Yeah. It's ridiculous. We're, we're very like, individualist in the Bay. Like, you're, you're looking for, like, what's your... How do you how are you going to fulfill yourself, right? And, and the military yeah. is this thing, like, you're part of a bigger whole, and you're, yeah. you're trying to fulfill the mission of the team, and... Yeah, I, I feel uh, like probably more satisfied with that, honestly, because, I mean, I might go back, who knows, like after I finish, because um, I just signed up for another three years, I'm going to Germany in uh, nine days, so I'm um, going to be living over there, I'm looking forward to it, maybe I'll start World War, because every time the Russians, it's called the show of force, <laughs> every time the Russians send people to the border, you know, and then we send people to the border, and they send people to the border, and it's like this chess game, so... 
I'll probably be up at like as a sniper and like up in a tower somewhere. But, like, but I hope you don't start a world war. Yeah, yeah, start World War Three. Yeah. And, hey, that's something. Then this podcast would really become famous. <laughs> yeah, then this would be <laughs> the guy, the guy that shot Francis Ferdinand was, yeah, they, was on my yeah. podcast ahead of time. Yeah, the, you know, yeah. I would be happy with that. You know, I'd probably get like at least ten thousand listens. Right? <laughs> yeah, overnight. So you know, yeah. when they asked me why did you start World War Three, why did you, what was the name of the guy Gavrilo Princept or yeah, something like yeah. that? The guy who shot friends for why? Why? I was like, I just wanted to make his podcast famous. Yeah, Jacob needed listens. Jacob needed the the subscribers. Yeah. I, oh, I appreciate that. Um, so I got to ask you, did you find what you were looking for when you went into the military? Um, like was it everything? I don't know like, if I was. Fuck no, <laughs> like, uh, no. It's it's better and worse in some ways. Like it's like any other job in that you have good and bad days, but it's uh, different because they ask you ridiculous things that no one would ever fucking ask you. To, like nobody tells you to piss in a bottle and stay up for three days straight. You know, be dehydrated as fuck. Uh, you know, up on a hill, like in the desert. Nobody like. Nobody does that outside of the military. So, but yeah, you have your your positives, and negatives. Um, I gotta ask you, like, what was like, what was your surprises to the positive side and to the negative side about being in the military? Like, what defied your expectations? All right. Um, the I guess uh, the number of uh, intelligent um, people who had like real philosophies in life of why they were doing what they were doing, and. Uh, yeah, my buddy was on duty one day. He was on a 24-hour shift, and uh, this dude is like a certified knuckle-dragger, likes going to bars, likes getting into fights. And I saw him reading The Myth of Sisyphus by Albert Camus, or, um, yeah, on, <laughs> on duty. And I was like, you never told me. Like, and so you, you run into these strange people that are like nerds who can murder you. Uh, that's even uh, more prominent in like, the Green Braves or the Special Forces. Like you get nerds. Like it's the same thing. Jiu-Jitsu. Like yeah. you got people who are like very intelligent, but they like that uh, they're learning something that's like a uh, you know a language almost. And like you know you got a uh, you know it's it's very technical. So you run into a lot of people. They're very intelligent doing that. Yeah, I think I, I definitely uh, feel. Like when I heard you describing that, it sounded familiar to like the jiu-jitsu world, like the, the world of people that listen to Joe Rogan um, and, and and go roll. There's like a lot of people who are very interested in life philosophy and like living the good life and also uh, like learning how to murder people. Basically, yeah, I know. Right? It's, I love that word, by the way. Like, yeah, so fucking like I use it all the time because that's that's what it is. It's murdering people. Uh, that's your job. I'm a sniper, so my job is to murder people from very, you know, big distances. And, uh, yeah, it's, what's what's funny is, so, like, I have, like, so many friends now, and I work with people, and they all, they all kill people. And it's very strange. Like, I never, and it becomes normalized. Like, I got a team leader, and he must have killed, like, you know, 30-some people. I had another friend killed, you know, about nine uh a lot of your leader, my leadership, like, it's like, because we're all infantry, we're all in combat, like, the average soldier hasn't killed anybody, but within, you know, the combat arms, you know, you have a whole generation of people that went to Iraq and Afghanistan, and there are leaders, the people who stayed in, at this point, all went to Iraq and Afghanistan, so, and there are infantry, specifically in combat arms, or like, you know, snipers, or whatever, and... Have you ever had to kill anyone? No. Nope. So... And, I, yeah... 
I probably uh, won't in the next three years unless I start World War Three. But it, yeah, it's very strange to have that that skill though. Yeah. Like, but no, I haven't had right. to really live with that. Do you um, like? Are you nervous about that, or do you have any? No, no, no. Um, no, no. It's strange. I don't have any like uh, feeling towards that. I guess. Um, yeah, I, I guess, like, I personally, I live at a bit of a crossroads in which I have, like, a lot of, I go to Burning Man, and I have a lot of, a lot of friends who are very into the whole peace and love and, uh, thing, and, and I, I am to some degree, too, like, I, I want to, I, like, I have the side of me that, like, wants to be soft and, like, connected to people and to, uh, learn how to, like, be better at, like, like, learning about empathy and, and then... Connecting with people and... Yeah. Yeah, living a meaningful... Yeah, I, and, and then and then on the other hand, like it feels really important to me to engage in like, like it just it, I find it very fulfilling and fascinating this like art of aggression in, in jujitsu, um, and it makes it makes me a little stand out a little bit in in like my peer group um, because it makes me feel like a, a whole person, and and I've never really attacked anyone or had anyone attack me in, in the world. But, but you know that you're capable when the time comes. Yeah, it yeah. makes me feel powerful. Like, I don't know, just safe maybe maybe family. just comfortable yeah, yeah like I, I can be counted on and I think it's like worthwhile to be someone that can be counted on are you a fan of Jordan Peterson I'm a huge fan of Jordan right. Peterson yeah so I just got his uh, his book and I've been listening to some podcasts and he talks a lot about like the dominance hierarchy and being capable and I was thinking about that because you know he just released that 12 books to you know hand for chaos and whatnot and uh, I feel like the military is really good for for people who want to like ascend in the dominance hierarchy because it's very clear cut for some people maybe not you know for others but there's there's a general you rise through the ranks and you know your your place in the hierarchy at all times and that's noted by rent your rank you know and people who violate that fucking are destroyed like i had to destroy this kid the other day so they put me in charge of fucking uh these 12 privates that were new and they were like yeah this has been here for three years He's a senior specialist. He's going to be like a sergeant soon. And uh, so I'd had a lot of, you know, responsibilities of being a sergeant already. And so they put me in charge of these 12 kids, and they were new infantry kids. And one who wasn't infantry, but he was, a, he was a welder. So his job as a welder, and he had no respect for anybody. And, like, you know, I, I, I won't say ex- explicitly like what his transgression was, but he, he violated the dominance hierarchy, basically. And so, like, I smoked the shit out of this kid, like, you know, push-ups, sit-ups, flutter kicks, sprints, screaming at him the entire time. Like so, like it's you know, if you violate it, you're you're in deep shit. But ascending it, like he talks about, like the serotonin, and I definitely feel that, like ascending the hierarchy in a very explicit way, and you feel fucking good about it. You know, and like there's all these, uh, like you know, Napoleon said, uh, you know, a soldier will fight, would go to ridiculous lengths for a bit of ribbon. You know, he'll fight for for days on end and like go to ridiculous for just a bit of ribbon. And it's funny and it's true because I got a, uh, a ARCOM. So in summary, like they gave me an award. Um, so Army Commendation Medal as a summary of all my time and all the things I did. And it's like, oh, as meritorious service as a sniper in our unit, blah, blah, blah. Um, and yeah, I felt incredibly good about that. And but it's nothing. It's it's literally a piece of a ribbon. Actually, it was saying it was really funny. They called me. They usually make a big deal out of it and do like a little ceremony in front of everybody, like attention orders, blah blah blah, and you salute and all this bullshit. And uh, 
we didn't do that. They called me into the back room and they were like, congratulations, specialist. Here you go. And they gave me the fucking uh, the, the award. And I was like, cool, I got the Army Commendation Medal. Where's the medal? And they're like, oh, it's, it's still in the mail. <laughs> they're waiting for it in the mail. I told my, I don't give a shit because I just care about the promotion points and the certificate and like pull it up on my record, like boom. But I told my, my mom that and she's like, oh no, you should get the medal. And I'm like, my, my family's Indian. So they're very, you know, big on like achievement and success and stuff. And they were proud of me, but they were like, we, we, we want to see a medal. It's like, no, don't let that go. And I, I couldn't give less of a shit. But it was funny. Like, here's the Army Commendation Medal without the medal. <laughs> like, the physical medal. Yeah, I guess uh, it's like the, re- the responsibility that you get and, like, the fact that people are entrusting you with responsibility. Like, that's the... Like, that's the... Millions of dollars in equipment. Like, yeah. people's lives. Like, this kid was saying to me, like, it's funny. I, I like, smoked so many privates at this point that fucking... I know when someone's bullshitting or like this kid was saying, I'm going to pass out. I'm going to fucking pass out. And I'm not a sadist. I realize that too. Cause I think anybody who gets that sense of control gets a uh, pleasure, like a weird pleasure because th- th- you have control. But I've definitely seen people who are just straight up sadists and like, they got like weird pleasure out of it mm-hmm. versus like, I think uh, I'm not really that way. I'll do it. But like, I'm, I'm more of like an instructor. So, like, I think my ideal thing would be, like, becoming a sniper school instructor. That's something I'd really like doing because I really enjoy giving classes. But, yeah. Um, I have to ask, uh, what were your surprises to the downside about joining the military? Stupid shit. The uh, group think. Um, fucking, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of very intelligent people. There's a lot of idiots, like knuckle-draggers, especially in the infantry, because you get people who are, like, you know, very much, like, have a philosophy or for why they want to do what they're doing. Is there a sniper personality type? Um, intelligent. I think that's the uh, the common factor. Is we actually like we would do something in our section, and it was called sniping. So we were under in a recon platoon, right? So we were under uh, the scout people, and we were snipers. So we were like, oh well, we're better than them. So for whatever reason, and so uh, as a drill, we would do. We would uh, lure them into strange places in like offices and then choke them out, come up behind them and just choke them, put them to sleep and uh, tie them up, leave them places and stuff like that. We call that sniping. And uh, I don't think it was actually, it was just, it was fun. And it's weird because it sounds like crazy. Like uh, It sounds pretty crazy. So these were people in a different division, the scout. Yeah, no, well, we were, we were technically with them in a, okay. in a recon platoon. So you have... You know, we're all infantrymen. So the the other people in the platoon that aren't snipers. Mm-hmm. I see. So we we thought we were better than all of them. So, uh, yeah, we called it sniping, and this wasn't like just something at a low level that we decided. Our section leader mandated it. Like he was like, "Yeah, every week we're gonna choke out like at least five scouts," and so they got. You actually choke them all the way out. Like it's not just you get the. No, no, put them to sleep. Okay. Yeah, you put them to sleep. Like I always thought about. Like when I think about going in the military, sometimes it seems attractive to me because I don't have very good self-discipline, and I've always thought like it would make me a better person. Mm-hmm. Like, has that happened for you? Oh yeah, like I had no discipline. I had a lot of obsession, but I had no discipline. So like I would get into things and like you know do them. Like when I had my own business, I was obsessively doing it. And uh, now like you know, are, so I, I'm assuming you know Jocko Willink. 
Yeah. So I listen to his podcast too, and like discipline equals freedom, and it's totally true. Like once you have like these built-in systems, like oh, I'm gonna get the fuck out of bed. Like you have to be at work at fucking five thirty in the morning. So you're gonna be, you're gonna wake up and just do it. Otherwise, like your life is gonna be awful. So once you have those systems, then you just keep on doing it. Once you have like the system in your your brain. So I think that was that's probably been a huge, uh, a huge benefit to me. Yeah. Yeah. Discipline. It's something that I, I still uh, like. It, it seems pretty, pretty enticing to me. Like I want something in my life that like just forces discipline on me and like forces me to like constantly do the same thing every day or, or something, just so I can learn that. And yeah. being in Silicon Valley, where like and people um, are like, you go to work at like yeah, 10. you go to work whenever you want. Yeah, it's and, crazy. And, and it doesn't it doesn't help like make up for my weaknesses. And in fact, I think it accentuates my weaknesses. Yeah, it, it definitely accentuated my weaknesses when I worked up here. Like the fact that you don't have to be to work and sell a shirt, you know, whatever. I was just like, I had no discipline. So I was like, yeah, fuck it. I'm working from home today. And like, you know, all these, these things. And then you get into bad habits, drinking on weekdays, ridiculous. Like, yeah. I mean, like fucking getting into bad habits, you know. I, I ended up having, I, I, I would run into a thing where I just would start relying on all nighters in order to get my shit done because oh yeah me too because I just piss, all piss away all my time before concerta before before the uh, deadline yeah medophenol yeah. fucking using all those things to stay awake and yeah it's cause like uh, I definitely I definitely uh, like I, I don't know if you read uh, Discipline Equals Freedom actually I was very disappointed in the book mm. but the, the parts that were good were pretty good and like uh, I have a copy what's that I do have a copy yeah it, I was not impressed with it because I was like, I listened to his podcast and he had much more sophisticated ideas and it seemed like it was dumbed down for the masses. Yeah. Like, but uh, yeah, it's true. You, you discipline yourself. You go to the gym every day. You do, you know, you eat right foods and it just becomes a system. And then like so much of your life is easy. Like you have room to do things, you know. That's a, that's a, that's a good idea. So discipline makes your life easy. Oh, yeah. Because it's built in now. You, I, it's not an effort. It's what you do. So, like, you know, it's like running. So, like, if you're used to running five miles, well, it's not work anymore. You just, it's what you do. So, or you're li- used to going to the gym six days. Like, it's weird when I, like, you know, I was uh, really into lifting. I'm, like, smalling down right now because I got too heavy. And so I was, like, 200 pounds. You don't look that small. What's that? You, you look pretty built still. I mean, yeah. I, I, I remember you before you went. I was kidding. Yeah, you yeah. were. You were. You're, you have a def, definitely a completely different body than you had then. Oh yeah. So I mean, like, I'm pretty into the gym now, but like, I was bigger, so I was. I got fucking huge. It was awesome, and like, yeah. Uh, so I was like 200 pounds, but uh, it kills you running because you're carrying around all that weight. And I'm not that tall. I'm only five eight. So like, carrying around 200 pounds of five eight fucking sucks. Like when you're running, or you're carrying weight on top of that, you know, doing ruck marches and shit. Well, I have, a, I have just a couple of last questions uh, written down uh, before we go. Um, what are you most grateful for? Um, what am I most grateful for? Yeah. Um, good leadership. Uh, you mean work-wise or just in life? Either way you want to take it. Yeah, I'd say uh, relationships and then um, having good friends and then uh, good leadership. Like there's specific people that are fucking awesome and help me out so much uh both like personal and work was because you run into like you know a lot of shitty leadership and people that shouldn't be like 
just piece of shit fucking human beings that are also in the military that like shouldn't be in and you know just garbage fucking people but you'll you'll run it like and i mean you meet the best people too so like the best people i uh, definitely outweighed the garbage people and uh i was really lucky in that i had like you know a couple section leaders who were like in for a while and like took specific interest in me and like wanted to see my career develop so you know i'm, I'm really grateful for that and then you know having good friends good answer thank you um what ideas are having the biggest impact on you right now what ideas um yeah jordan peterson's book like uh seeing the uh like the dominance hierarchy and like applying the knowledge of that so like and how military is very hierarchical so like when you understand that and why is that certain way like oh why do i feel so good right now oh it's because i'm ascending the dominance hierarchy even though it's really all arbitrary and stupid like if you think about it giving someone a, a fucking my buddy just got an archon with valor for uh you know murdering a bunch of people in afghanistan and getting blown up and getting shot in the ass and i'm like well a ribbon for that's fucking stupid like it's 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 stupid there's no reason but like you, you don't react that way you react very positively so like uh, yeah, I'd say like all Jordan Pearson stuff has like uh, been the most uh, on my mind. You're a successful lobster with a lot of serotonin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you when you see that, like, well, right now I'm like a big fish in a small pond. So I'm about to be a sergeant soon, and so I'm going to be the junior sergeant. So I'm going to go from being a senior specialist. So it's kind of like going from middle school to high school, you know. So I'm I'm going to start off with like my 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 serotonin's overflowing now. And it's gonna drop pretty soon. Yeah, then, you, then you're gonna be a small fish in a in a bigger pond. After yeah. that, yeah. yeah. Um, last question: uh, What are you most proud of in, in your career? Um, training uh, one private in particular. Um, he uh, he he was excellent. Like, uh, so he was uh, he had really high test scores, like me. Um, and so, like, you have to get a certain score to become a sniper, right, uh, above that. So I've got, like, in the 99th percentile, he had, like, a 98th percentile, dropped out of high school because he got his girlfriend pregnant and had to take care of it, of her. Uh, but just, like, really intelligent guy. And, uh, you know, he, he was a logger for 10 years from 15 to 25, and he joined the Army at 25 years old because the law, uh, tree almost fell on him, and the payoff from the company was $20,000. It's $450,000 to the military. So that's who I got, and he was his body was a little bit fucked up from years of uh, logging and stuff. And so like, we got this guy to our section, like off the bat, I had to fucking work hard to go and become a sniper, but I felt like he was getting it too easy. And so we were smoking the shit out of him every day. And I was like, they were like, oh, who do you vote on? To, it's like, cause we had to get rid of one guy and I voted for him. I was the only one. And besides someone like, yeah, me and this other guy voted and we're like, get him the fuck out of my section. And they put him on my team. And I thought I was fucked. I was like, Oh, I can't. I'm getting this guy who can barely do a fucking pull up. Like, I hated him, and I was so wrong because I. The more that I worked with him, his he was punctual, fucking, uh, you know, responsible, uh, motivated, intelligent. He just like I, I judged him too quickly because he couldn't do pull ups very well, and I was like, well, fuck this guy. And uh, yeah, training him. So like, he became like super. I would spend like an hour every night like studying with him. And like, you know, working on like his army knowledge and sniper knowledge. And I've just pushed him really hard. And like, and so now he's actually going to be a, a waiver to specialist. So he's going to about to get his uh, uh, promotion. 
and be in charge. A, a buddy of mine was in charge of him, and he got demoted, and this guy's got promoted. I think a lot of his success was just like I worked really hard on him, and seeing his success now uh, really makes me proud. So I'd say that's like the number one thing. Yeah, yeah there, I think there's there's like nothing better in, in life um, than like working with great people and also like mentoring someone and like seeing them yeah, sort of awesome. like fulfill their potential. Like those are those are really good feelings. Yeah, sure. Well, uh, thank you very much for joining me here, Barry. Um, what's uh, do you have any last thoughts before we go? Um, if if you're thinking about joining the military out of Silicon Valley, ninety percent, uh, it's probably a bad idea. It worked out for me, but don't uh, don't listen to this and be thinking be like, oh, that's what I should do too. Ninety um, percent of the time, I think that's probably the, the the wrong thing to do, but it was the right thing for me. Cool. So. Well, I appreciate your time, and thank you very much for joining. All right. All right. Cool.